The following program is produced and sponsored by Cancer Treatment Centers of America. The information discussed during this program is not medical advice. Be sure to talk to your medical doctor for information and advice relating to your health. This is Health, Hope, and Inspiration. Welcome. I'm Wayne Shepherd. Our host is Reverend Percy McRae, Director of Faith-Based Programs at Cancer Treatment Centers of America. And as we've talked about before, we're going to dedicate this program to all the caregivers out there. And it is because of the fact that caregiving and caregivers is a vital part and role that plays in successful cancer treatment. Again, as I've stated before, I'm not sure that I've ever met any successful cancer patient who did not have good caregiving that Mm -hmm. was provided to them by someone. So we're going to show some love to the caregivers here today. Caregivers need kindness too. They need kindness and we're going to hear from someone that's going to help us understand the importance of that even in the face of not having any sense of caregivers struggling in your presence. They really do need kindness. They need consideration. Percy, in your role, I mean, you, you've seen many caregivers at, at work, so to speak. Uh, what, what impresses you about them? Well, caregivers are thrust into a scenario that they have not had pre-rehearsal for. They're not prepared to be a mm-hmm. caregiver. And thus, they are challenged with actually probably more shock than, than the patient is in many cases because of what is to be expected of them that they simply have no idea what to do next or how to do it. Yeah, sometimes you don't know whether to move in and take charge or whether to kind of hold back. You know, that it takes real sensitivity, doesn't it? It's an awkward dance or waltz, if I can use that analogy, in terms of how to interact and interface with the patient and their unique needs. Well, we're going to learn about caregiving today from someone who's been the uh, subject of caregiving because she has received it uh, from some very special people. So we'll talk with Bernice Colvin here a little bit later in the program. But let's talk about our resource, which is, again, aimed at caregiving. Caring for caregivers, it's called. It is. And again, this is such an important topic. We really dedicate a lot of time on the show to speak to it. And this uh, resource also is part of that uh, educational process. And again, uh, we're helping people to work through some of the general dynamics of caring for caregivers, not the patient, but for the caregiver in terms of helping them possibly with chores, meals, Uh, remembering social and special occasions. Mm -hmm. Again, we're talking about the caregiver, not the patient, Uh, offering a shoulder to cry on, uh, giving them a break, starting new activities with the caregiver, uh, and celebrating the caregiver. And we're going to hear about that today in our interview. Well, this is a tremendous resource, and it's available to you right now online at Health, Hope, and Inspiration. Look for Caring for Caregivers, Health, Hope and inspiration. If you or someone you love is fighting cancer, we hope you'll consider Cancer Treatment Centers of America. They treat the whole person, body, mind, and spirit. Visit our website at healthhopeandinspiration.com and click on Sponsor to learn more about Cancer Treatment Centers of America or contact one of their friendly oncology information specialists about questions you may have about your treatment options by simply calling the phone number at the top of our homepage. Cancer Treatment Centers of America uses state-of-the-art technologies to deliver precision medicine, personalized care, and spiritual support. Learn more at healthhopeandinspiration.com. And for inspiration, we turn to the Bible. 
So our spiritual nugget, my friend, to establish this conversation around is found in the Synoptic Gospel of Matthew, the seventh chapter and verse number 12. And it says, therefore, anytime I see in the word of God where it says, therefore, it's there for a reason. There's something (laughs) coming. Whatever you want men to do to you, do also to them. For this is the law and the prophets. And we're talking about doing some things for and onto uh, caregivers as caregivers are doing for and unto you. Give us that reference again. It is Matthew 7 and 12. Therefore, whatever you want men to do to you, do also to them, for this is the law and the prophets. Recently, we met Bernice Colvin on the program. And boy, what a sweet lady, a tremendous woman of faith. We learned so much from her. But once the interview stopped, uh, you said she wanted to kind of keep talking. She did. She had so much that was just bubbling out of her heart. And you you can hear that in the first interview, that there were some other things that she wanted to continue to talk about. And one of them was talking about being sensitive to one's caregiver and some of the dynamics that goes into that. So we recorded yeah, that. Yeah, you kept the recorder going, didn't That's you? That's correct. Very smart. You know, <laughs> you, you were with it that day. Okay. So let's listen on uh, that extended conversation with Bernice about caregivers needing kindness. I just want to uh, talk a little bit about the caregivers on the caregiver side. It's wonderful to have uh, caregivers, and but as a patient, patients need to understand that we need to be kind to our caregivers because they're going through that journey also with you. You're taking them with you. Yep. And you don't want to be mean to them. You want to support them as well as they support you. Um, I find that some caregivers become depressed because they don't really understand what that patient is going through. And you as a patient need to talk to them, communicate to them, let them know how you're feeling because that's the only way that they're going to understand what you're going through. That's really, really important. I want to talk a little bit specifically with regard when you were a specific patient, did you at ever any time have a, I call it a moment of humanity because in many cases, cancer patients are working through a lot of different emotions and anger is certainly one of them and frustration. And so sometimes they lash out at the person who's closest to them that they have access to. As you stated earlier, it's not personal. It's not that they're 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 trying to be mean-spirited to that individual. They're working out an element of emotion that they're trying to ex, uh, express. And the person that's closest to them in many cases receives that. Were there ever a time that you actually experienced that where you had to circle back maybe and and apologize to a caregiver or clarify that I was just having a bad day? Would you mind sharing with us if if that ever happened to you at any point in time? Um, Yes, it did. And then I realized that I need to humble myself to them just as well as God wants us to be humble. Mm -hmm. It wasn't fair to that person. Mm. Yes, it did make me realize. And I did apologize. And, and how did the caregiver respond and react to that? Because I would imagine at the moment, depending on the severity of the reaction by you or by the patient, they're confused. They don't know why, you know, they're, they're being, whether it was verbally or emotionally being treated the way that they were. How did that person respond when you told them, you know, that please forgive me, I'm sorry, I was, I was having a bad day or whatever the situation may have been. How did they react to that? The funny thing about it was um, the, my caregiver, she was a she, she was a female. She said, Bernice, I do understand. I know what you're going through, mm. I understand. Mm. But the fact that you circle back to, to, to clarify, to say I'm sorry, 
I would have to imagine meant a lot to that individual because this is what I do know, that many caregivers are actually struggling quietly trying to be good caregivers, but but they have no one to express their mental, emotional, mental, or spiritual frustrations with. So I would imagine that she appreciated that. Well, she did. But in my facility here, they take care of the caregivers. So if my caregiver was going through anything, Mm -hmm. um, there was um, a place where she can go, could be used as a resource here, where if she needed the attention to, that she could go and talk to someone for help. And you make a really good distinction that within, you treated at the Cancer Treatment Centers of America in Philadelphia, that there was made available resources of support, not just for the patient, but for the caregiver of the patient as well. And that is huge at the end of the day, I would imagine. It's very huge, but that's why it's important that um, whatever facility that you choose to um, treat at, make that an important goal or, or, or aspect of, of your treatment because your caregivers are going to be going through something you know, what I often say on this show and have said for many times, cancer is a community disease. It's not just an individual disease. People who are surrounding that, that patient, family members, friends, church members, they all are impacted by the dynamics of what happens to uh, cancer patients. And so we need not forget, we should not forget about the caregivers and having internally and external support for our caregivers uh, and to your point, you know, you, you one needs to really understand if that's part of their support team where they're going to be treated, if their caregiver also is going to have access to support that may make a big difference if one chooses to treat there or not. Because at the end of the day, this is about having a team around you. You talked about that in your first interview, that you had this team that was standing around you. Along with your faith in God, you have the team, the Holy, the Holy Trinity team, God, the Father, God, the Son, God, the Holy Spirit. But you had a natural team of people that literally stood around you and held you up and encouraged you through the process, and not only you, but your caregiver. So it is an important distinction with regard to making some decisions about where you treat because your caregiver needs to be supported as well. And I would also like to say where you treat is very important because where you treat may save your life. Well, absolutely. At the end of the day, we encourage people to treat, uh, number one, where, where they feel comfortable. You want to feel like you're part of the engagement, that your opinion matters, uh, that your doctor listens to you. So all of those things uh, truly uh, do matter at the end of the day. With that same school of thought, uh, and we're talking about caregivers, and I think this, this is an important conversation. Did you have the same caregiver that stood with you throughout your entire process, or did you have someone that platooned? I know sometimes people have individuals that take turns providing care for cancer patients. Uh, talk about that dynamic. Well, initially bit. I started out with my daughter being my caregiver, but I realized that um, my daughter, who's young, had to work. Then I had to rely on someone who was reliable and who would who would be consistent with yeah. me. And I found that person. It was um, one of my good, good friends and my caregiver. I wish she was here today. Unfortunately, she would have been. Okay. But she couldn't make it today. I would have and loved to hear from her. She's spiritual. Amen. And um, she was my reliable, consistent caregiver. So you said that twice, and I want to go back to it. How important to a cancer patient from a caregiving perspective, that that person is reliable 
and consistent. In other words, uh, they show up when they're when when they say they're going to show up. They call or they whatever whatever the routine of caregiving is, and that looks very different for each patient. That's very uniquely different. How important is it to you as a patient to have that be consistent and 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 uh, that you can rely upon? Because with my caregiver, I was um, sharing my feelings of what I was going through mm. with that person, and to keep telling that story over and over. You may not want to do that. Yeah, yeah. But this one person knew my story. She knew where I started from and she knew where I ended. Mm. And I think that's really, really important. What would you say was two, three, four things, whatever order or whatever list you may have of things that your caregiver did that you felt made the difference on your behalf? The, let's talk about uh, the art of caregiving from the perspective of how you receive care. What were some of the things that this person did that really made a big difference for you? Someone may be listening today who, who may be a caregiver or may become a caregiver that could use some, some insight. My caregiver was one that when we came upon uh, the facility, we prayed together. Okay. We prayed together. She kept my notes. She was my memory at that mm. time. She was able to convey things to my doctor, things that I might have forgotten. So she was able to speak on your behalf. Some of the time, To yes. your clinicians. Mm-hmm. Very, okay. So not only did she retain information from your care team for you, she also conveyed information from mm-hmm. you to your care team. Mm-hmm. Okay, that's very important. It's very important. Then the doctors got to know her, and they build a rapport with her, and they just knew who she was. When she walked through the door, there was a big smile. As a matter of fact, if she wasn't with me, they would ask, where is she? Really? Yeah, it was like that. <laughs> when you celebrated being, um, uh, becoming a cancer survivor, being cleared of your cancer, if you will, did you also celebrate that with her? And I'm going to tell you why. I've had the comment made to me that oftentimes caregivers did not or do not get to experience the celebration of victory or success or whatever term you want to use because all of that gets focused on the patient. But many times people forget about the caregiver that walked with the patient through that process and that person didn't get to celebrate that because in a lot of ways that's a celebration for them as well. They've been on a journey just as much as you have. Did you guys, did she get to celebrate? Did you allow her to celebrate? Was she celebrated uh, for her contribution to your process? She was very much celebrated. As a matter of fact, when they cleared me from cancer, I jumped off the table and I I yelled out, hallelujah, thank you, Jesus. Mm. I ran out in the hall. And even my doctor ran out. He said, what's, everybody was saying, what's going on? What's going on? <laughs> and my caregiver came out. She said, she's, she's um, cancer cleared. They cleared her. Uh-huh. And um, I can, she I was with me. I have such a visual of seeing She was that. with me yeah. when I did that. Wow. And I, that's when I yelled out, I just got to give back. I just got to give back. I got to do something. Yeah, yeah. She was able to celebrate with you. At uh, that moment. Yeah, yeah, at that moment. That very which, moment. Which mm-hmm. is huge at the end of the mm-hmm. day. Well, I'm glad that you remembered her and that you certainly embraced her. And on today, we want to remember and celebrate caregivers all over the world. If you're listening to this broadcast and you're a caregiver, know that you are valued, you are important. Uh, Any last words that you would like to say to anyone that is either providing care to a cancer patient or potentially may be providing care and they don't realize today Everyone that became a caregiver didn't know that they were going to be a caregiver until they were put into that situation. Anything, any final word you'd like to say to potential caregivers or current caregivers? I always say just have patience. Pray with your um, person that you're caregiving with if, if you can. 
And it doesn't matter the words that you're going to choose to say to them. Communicate with them and please be patient and understand that um, it's not them. They're not lashing out you. That's the negativity of it. But that's not them. That's the disease process. Just be consistent and be reliable. Mm. You just heard from cancer survivor Bernice Colvin, former breast cancer patient, treated at Cancer Treatment Centers of America in Philadelphia, Pennsylvania, talking about the importance of caregiving. Bless you, my dear. Thank you so much. And go forth and be all that God has called you to be. Thank you so much. I appreciate that. Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. Thank you, Bernice. And thank you, Percy, for bringing that interview to us here on Health, Hope, and Inspiration. With hospitals in Atlanta, Chicago, Philadelphia, Phoenix, and Tulsa, Cancer Treatment Centers of America takes an integrative approach to cancer care. They use conventional medical treatments to attack the disease while helping patients manage side effects and maintain their quality of life by using evidence-informed therapies like nutrition and naturopathic support, along with pastoral care, pain management, and other supportive care services. Treatments are tailored for each patient's specific needs. Visit our website at healthhopeandinspiration.com. Click on Sponsor to learn more about Cancer Treatment Centers of America or contact one of their friendly oncology information specialists about questions you may have about your treatment options by simply calling the phone number at the top of our homepage. Cancer Treatment Centers of America uses state-of-the-art technologies to deliver precision medicine, personalized care, and spiritual support. Learn more at healthhopeandinspiration.com. I'm Wayne Shepherd here with Reverend Percy McRae, who uh, did that interview with Bernice a few moments ago, which I hope I get to meet Bernice someday in person. Bernice is a pleasant breath of fresh air. There is no question about it. And I just love her spirit. Well, let's unpack your conversation with her because she made some very important points. She did. I think first and foremost, the, the, the point that actually led us into a continuation of a conversation was uh, her basically sharing with us that that she wished that she had shared something along the lines of being cognizant and sensitive to the needs and the emotional stress of the caregiver Mm -hmm. while providing care Mm -hmm. to a patient and that there are times that patients, because of their stress or their anxiety or just the the very nature of their treatment, may lash out uh, in anger or frustration to the person that's closest to them, and typically that's your caregiver. Yeah. So in, in talking about that, she wanted us to, to understand and she wanted the audience to understand that if that should ever happen, that first and foremost understand that it is not personal, but be willing to circle back if you're the patient who may have done that mm-hmm. to be willing to apologize. I was so thankful that she was honest about that yeah, herself. To your caregiver. And she talked about how there had been occasions where she needed to do that to her caregiver and that her caregiver responded by saying, I understand you're, you're, you're going through something. But the point being made, the caregiver may understand that, Wayne, and they may have compassion and empathy, but they're still human beings. Good point. Oh, yeah. That yeah. that is being compounded with day in, day out, yeah. night in, night out of being so a caregiver. you're worn down and then something like that happens. It just is very discouraging. It's discouraging. And as we've talked about many times before on this show, and I know it's not a pleasant subject, I have seen... Of being a caregiver that 
places so much pressure on the caregiver from a mental and emotional and anxiety perspective that I've seen uh, caring for uh, cancer patients literally break up marriages and destroy families. Oh, that's sad. Because the pressure becomes, in some cases, more than that person can handle. And we really don't know what the tipping point may be for an individual and that what may cause that individual then to jettison and say, listen, I didn't sign up for this. I can't handle this anymore. And I've had individuals that I've had discussions when I've done symposiums and trainings on this who would lash out and say, well, that person didn't really love that individual anyway. Mm. But we're lacking looking at the fact that the caregiver is a human being with needs and that we need to be cognizant of them and supportive of those yes. needs. Now, as you and Bernice were talking, you touched on a point that I'd never thought about before. She said something to the effect that when you choose a place for treatment, choose a place where the caregiver gets support as well. Well, because she she understood and, and by virtue of her experience, and she talked quite a bit in her previous interview about having this care team that she surrounded herself yes. with, starting first with her personal caretaker. Uh, and she 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 went through a litany of things that her caretaker the benefits of her caretaker was, for example, that person would actually take notes for her. That person would actually be her mouthpiece and speak on her yeah. behalf. When she may forget something. Of things or, that yeah. she may have forgotten, that she can communicate to her health care team to the degree that when her care, her personal caregiver did not show up for a particular visit, that the health care team would actually ask about her because they received her as part of a connection to the actual patient. So she helped us to understand the relationship uh, with her caregiver and the importance of it and the value of what she brought to her and just being able to minister to her that when we understand this relationship and how powerful it is, it's not one to take for granted or take lightly. But again, we really don't have a lot of conversation talking about how do we nurture the caregiver. Well, it sounded like the clinicians accepted the caregiver as part of the team. And they did. So understanding that, then you have an extended relationship from the patient to the caregiver because the institution recognized and understand that typically you don't have a successful cancer journey without having good personal caregiving. So providing support to the caregiver who's providing support to the patient is now a priority. And at least certainly I can say with confidence at the Cancer Treatment Centers of America, there is a, a vested commitment to making sure that we're addressing the issues of the patient and their caregivers so that they can decompress, have opportunities to talk or or be supported uh, that may be very uniquely different than what the p- specific need of the patient is. But it's an important consideration that one should bear in mind when considering where they're going to treat and understand how vital that will be ultimately for them. Close related is the fact that the caregiver was part of the celebration when she was announced that she was cancer free. So another very important point, typically what happens or what can happen is is at the moment of crossing the the proverbial finish line, whether it be a treatment regimen or whether it's being told that you're, you know, you're cleared of your cancer. Or any intermediate step along the way. Or any intermediate step along the way. 
uh, what we have learned over the years is that we should celebrate those moments. We should celebrate those milestones. Well, for her, she uh, also recognized and said that it was important that she celebrated her caregiver and allowed her caregiver to be part of that celebration. Because the celebration typically is focused on, woohoo, the patient made it, the patient has survived, and that is true. But if you have a committed, uh, consistent, and reliable those two caregiver, words came up a lot that then along the way that caregiver should be part of that celebration and that caregiver really in many cases should also be celebrated wasn't it interesting to hear from someone who has been on a cancer journey who has received caregiving help and hear their perspective on all of this well, it's the reason why we reach out to these individuals, because you and I can theorize and we can hypothesize on what we think and what we we believe. But ultimately, at the end of the day, we need to hear from those. And, and it is why I make the statement on the show. Uh, they've they've walked the walk. They've talked the talk and they have the T-shirt to prove it. Yeah. We want to hear from those individuals who can speak from a real perspective of what I did, what I saw, and what I felt. We have to remind ourselves that the caregiver is very much invested in what's going on here. They are, they they worry, they're stressed, just like the patient is. Many times uh, they feel these things very deeply. Well, in many cases, they, they actually take on the ownership of that experience to such a degree that they then potentially begin to experience mental, emotional, and some cases potentially physical symptoms of their own because they've they've owned all of that that then now becomes somewhat of an effect in their own personal life. Good, committed, and reliable, as Bernice reminded us, caregivers are people who are deeply invested. And in, with that deep investment, we must understand that there can potentially be some cause and effect of that investment that they are working through. I love the fact they prayed together. Prayed together. She said that they, you know, they uh, she could share her feelings and her story. And it was one of the reasons why she emphasized having a consistent and a reliable caregiver, because what many cancer patients do not want to do is have to tell their story over and over to different people. You know, I've developed a relationship. uh, We've covered some ground together. And that's just one less thing that they have to go back and keep sharing and keep talking about. It's one of the keys, even though we're not talking about it here, one of the key dynamics of doing an effective hospital visit, being mindful mm-hmm. that if, if you're visiting a cancer patient and you may be a casual visitor, that they may have had five, six or seven people that may have visited them on that same day having to tell their story over and over and over. There becomes a mental and an emotional fatigue factor of, oh, I got to go through this again with this individual. I've got to bring this person up to speed. The same dynamic can be said with respect to having a consistent and a reliable caregiver that you don't have to replay information and conversation over and over because that person is part of the narrative as it is being written. Yeah. Uh, I just want to ask quickly, what part does the Our Journey of Hope play in all of this, our, our program to help churches understand cancer care? Well, simply put, Wayne, the free Our Journey of Hope Cancer Care Leadership Training Program provides training with regard to effective insights and principles for people of faith who are helping to support caregivers and cancer patients inside of their local churches. Well, Our Journey of Hope, uh, we've placed information about it on our website. There's a link there at healthhopeandinspiration.com. Check that out for your church, Our Journey of Hope. And you feel so deeply about this, Percy. You've put together this resource, Caring for Caregivers, and we want to make this available to 
everyone who goes to the website, downloads it, and I think you'll find it very helpful. Yes, we, we simply don't want to leave the caregivers on an island by themselves. For those dedicated, committed, reliable, and consistent individuals in the lives of cancer patients, there are two dynamics that are at work. A successful cancer patient needs a good, reliable, and consistent caregiver. That being said, that person who's invested, as you mentioned, are are now susceptible and vulnerable to their own mental, emotional, and physical dynamics that needs to be supported. And the faith community can go a long way Mm -hmm. in understanding that and helping that. This document helps us to understand those. You'll learn a lot when you go through this resource. Caring for Caregivers at healthhopeandinspiration.com. Let's come back to the scriptures as we wrap things up here. Well, we're going to close strong, and we opened up with this. And now, with all of this conversation, this scripture hopefully really will jump out in your consciousness. Matthew 7, verse number 12. Therefore, therefore what? There, This is therefore a reason. Whatever you want men to do to you, whatever you want a caregiver to do for you, or whatever you want someone caring for you to do to you, you then should do also to them. For this is the law and the prophets. We want and we are hopeful that there are people who are willing to dedicate and commit their time and their energy to caring for others. But we must be willing to also commit and dedicate time to the caregiver. That's right. Well, as we wrap up, if you've yet to subscribe to this podcast to receive it automatically, please go to iTunes.com and subscribe. And it's also very helpful when you leave a review. That's a great thing that introduces other people to what we're doing with this program, health, hope, and inspiration. So check that out at iTunes.com. And Percy, thank you, brother. Listen, I love you to life and not to death, and there's nothing you can do about it, my friend. God bless. (laughs) You've been listening to Health, Hope, and Inspiration. Health, Hope, and Inspiration is produced and sponsored by Cancer Treatment Centers of America. If you or someone you love is fighting cancer, consider Cancer Treatment Centers of America. We treat the whole person, body, mind, and spirit. Our hospitals in Atlanta, Chicago, Philadelphia, Phoenix, and Tulsa take an integrative approach to cancer care. We use conventional medical treatments to attack the disease while helping patients manage side effects and maintain their quality of life by using evidence-informed therapies like nutrition and naturopathic support, along with pastoral care, pain management, and other supportive care services. Treatments are tailored to each patient's specific needs. Visit healthhopeandinspiration.com to view our cancer-related resources or to contact our oncology information specialists about questions you may have about your treatment options. Working together under one roof, our cancer experts use state-of-the-art technologies to deliver precision medicine, personalized care, and spiritual support. Learn more at healthhopeandinspiration.com.